0: Hi, welcome to the Prelude episode for Holding Unfolding, a podcast about facilitation. Uh, my name is Abby Olton, and I use she-her pronouns, and I'm based in East Harlem, in New York City, in um, unceded ancestral Lenape territory, and um, I'm based here for both my, like, residence um, and for my work. Um, And I work at an independent school based on the philosophy of self-directed education. It's called the Agile Learning Center, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, So this podcast started from my noticing people talking about facilitation more outside of the education worlds that I'm in. And in some contexts, the way people, the ways people were talking about it um, resonated and reflected what I experience in caring for a a self-directed community. And in other conversations, um, the facilitation that people are practicing is more in um, corporate settings and other settings where there's a fixed goal, a deliverable that um, whoever is commissioning the facilitator is actually attached to, and um, so at the same time I was hearing those conversations and noticing that um, nascent trend, I started reading a bunch of work, I'm kind of compulsively curious about many things, and um, I was thinking about how in The work where people are researching how to build more just tech ecosystems, um, how to design better systems, how to design better AI, AI. Um, there there were these discussions about facilitation popping up. And in my readings about end-of-life care and palliative care and, um, you know, death traditions, um, (laughs) facilitation was popping up and in my reading about, um, soil remediation and, um, education work, Mm outside of schools, right, informal, we would call it education work, that's about um, restoring folks' sense of relationship to and connection with the land. Um, You know, I'm, like, listening to people doing that fascinating work, and, again, facilitation was popping up. And in those spheres, it wasn't the same... Sometimes they didn't even call it facilitation. Um, They all felt like different threads than the ones where um, I was noticing facilitation, you know, kind of trending um, (laughs) in the new (laughs) pop ed world. Um, And a lot of what folks in those spaces were describing as... Um, their best practices and experience of setting a space of removing obstacles of, um, flowing in a way that's, that's responsive to the ever emerging and changing needs of the humans and other beings and processes that they're working with, um, sounded a whole lot like the days I was (laughs) and am um, having working in our school community. And so I got curious and started interviewing facilitator friends um, about their, their experiences and, you know, essentially was blown away, um, again, just by how brilliant um, my co-facilitators are, and I use co-facilitators there really broadly, Um, more as movement co-facilitators than people I directly am planning field trips and such with, although the first two interviews I did uh, were with my direct co-facilitators, um so there's a layer to those interviews of of shared experience that um I don't know yet whether that adds to the conversation or detracts from it we'll find out you can tell me um this whole podcasting thing is very new so um Thanks in advance for your generosity and good humor as I try to figure it out. Um, I promise the content and all the nuggets folks share um, more than make up for however awkward my audio tech situation ends up being. Um, And I'll get better at editing audio and general podcast construction as I practice as with any skill set. Um, before we transition into the interviews I just want to go over a couple terms and concepts that might be new to people but that a lot of the folks I speak with are going to incorporate in their answers and kind of just take for granted as um, shared language and um, In order to do that, I'm going to start by talking about my school. Um, So I'm based out of the Agile Learning Center in New York City, and it's a K-12 independent school um, where intentional where self-directed learners uh, gather to co-create intentional community Um, with and I'm hesitating there because I was like well self-directed learners but like with adults who are also self-directed learners there's an age slippage that happens where um, in some conversations like when I'm filling out paperwork to submit to different regulatory entities um, who is a learner that's a student um, and who is a learner that is an adult and beyond that um, a learner adult that's a staff member versus some other kind of community member Um, like that's all very important in terms of paperwork and also in daily practice in terms of um, clarifying in different roles like what am I responsible for and who am I responsible to when I'm in this role versus that role Um, but day to day, we are in our spaces, all learners, and we are all facilitators of each other's experiences in different ways. Um, and when I was out with young people in Central Park earlier this week, I was telling them about starting this podcast and um, we discussed how they are also facilitators and are people I should interview once I get <laughs> more practiced at interviewing um although I do need to shout out Pharaoh who is a teen presently with us at um Alknick as we affectionately call um NYC, our Agile Learning Center, um, and who previously was at Heartwood in Atlanta, um, and I'll, I'll be interviewing the Heartwood founding facilitators um, a little later on. But he did the Rod Copper art for this podcast, and I'm really grateful and um, had a funny moment when he sent it to me of feeling some pressure to make audio content that lives up to his visual gift. Um, So shout out to Pharaoh. And yeah, so there's, I'm usually working with definitions of learner and facilitator um, that are much broader than what Conventional ed uh, sets us up to think. And um, my definition of, of student is broader. Um, our facilitators I'm going to be talking to, when they're talking about learning, the understanding is that um, we're always learning because we're always noticing and experiencing and receiving um information and inputs that impact how we, how we make decisions um, and how we m- move through and understand and relate to ourselves and our relationships in the world. Um, and the understanding from that is that education is, is all of it. It's, it's everything. Um, my education includes both my years of formal schooling and my experiences working different jobs and volunteering and being in different relationships and trying different hobbies or traveling you know your your education is uh um interdisciplinary transdisciplinary like (laughs) discipline defying um holistic experiential i collage I'm gonna go with collage tapestry whatever works for you but um it's a creation that's yours and is ongoing and and very rich um it's not you know your high school GPA um although maybe that's part of it for you um and you know Agile learning centers, the schools that are like mine and the centers that aren't organized as schools um, that are like mine, um, all share this philosophy of self-directed education that um, essentially says the person learning and whose life this is, is who we're going to center. And that's who is trusted to be self-determining and safe to be, or supported to be, um, you know, safe and resourced and um, cared for um, while they're self-determining and figuring out, like, what does a meaningful life mean to them what does it look like what does it feel like and how are they going to get from here to there and that's important both in that um it means our facilitation is you know dealing with the it the whole the bigger picture right if if a kid comes to me and is like the thing that i Am trying to do is start a business selling uh, decorative flowers and wreaths from upstate in New York City Um, my engagements with that kid to support them are gonna yes be about like listing out what kind of skills they're gonna need and figuring out how to develop those skills but also accompanying them in exploring like what is the landscape what are different kinds of flowers what are what are decorative arts um what are the ethics of gathering <laughs> different uh biomaterial and moving at different places um like it's a very multi-dimensional um exploration that is also aware of their social context and of mine and is made possible in large part by both the steadiness of our relationship and, um, my lack of attachment to the process or goal looking a specific way. Um, and that to loop back a little bit is Um, part of why I wanted to talk to other learning facilitators and other people who facilitate processes that are um, like that dynamic and emergent and um, not (laughs) about getting this particular team at this corporation to a place where they I I don't actually know that world enough to know what kind of, of concrete goals people are assigned to move teams to. Um, but, you know, we do goal setting and um, inquiries and all kinds of good stuff. Like, it's just very different um, when your meta goal is to be in a like supportive relationship with this human um as some process is unfolding um some process that like is all about them um and and by all about them i don't mean uh this this individual per se right because none of us exist outside of our relationship webs um And so relationship is is crucial, and context is crucial to the work. But, um, you know, the kid getting a certain score on a test or getting the, you know, some career that a parent has pushed onto them, like, that's not what it's about for us. I'm not facilitating this child getting from you know, where they are when I meet them to wherever other people are telling me they should be or um, stories I was fed growing up, norms I was fed tell me they should be. I am um, accompanying them as they grow and learn more about who they are and as they discern um, who they're trying to be in the world and what makes A a satisfying life for them Um, and I had a thought but there's outside noise and I lost it yeah and so that leaves um, space for them to articulate a goal and us to you know start mapping our way towards it and moving towards it and then them to come back and say oh actually This experiment failed, and with the information of that failure, I would like to make this change. Or, hey, I got partway to this goal, and then I had this conversation with this person, and it's super inspiring. It opened up a whole new realm of possibilities, and I want to pause working on this goal to explore whether this other um, other arena is is calling me more um that's all considered valid and valuable and and part of the process um (laughs) which can be messy and and nerve-wracking for those of us who were uh taught and directed and controlled and managed and coerced and um trained and primed and you know everything else as we grew that was about Becoming what someone else wanted us to be, or a piece that would fit into, you know, the some situation in a place we were born into. Um, It's really different, and so sometimes when people start facilitating in our spaces, especially um, those of us who, as many of us you'll hear do. Came up through conventional schooling, um, which you'll hear varyingly referred to as coercive ed, institutionalized ed, um, trying to think what other names school. (laughs) Um, There are people who challenge our ALCs um, being organized here being organized as a, a school officially um, because they are concerned that that means we, have, we will have to um, push kids to conform with standardizing expectations more than we should. Um, we haven't experienced that to be the case so far in our eight years of existence. Um, we have, you know, I do a lot of paperwork, aside from the facilitation stuff, and um, this past year of navigating the COVID-19 pandemic uh, in a, a place that was the early U.S. epicenter, um, you know, that's that's been tricky and has been a lot more making decisions because we have to based on the situation um for our collective safety um you know there's a lot of stuff we've wanted to do that we've we've just had to say no um more than historically but that's okay the kids managed a really amazing jump to virtual schooling and they um are super engaged doing all kinds of offerings my co-facilitators run really rad amazing online offerings and um we've been facilitating small groups exploring the city doing like all day outdoor days um through all of the seasons so that's one of the other cool things that becomes available once you're approach to education um and a, and to like learning communities is about um you know partnership and interdisciplinary expl- exploration and you know you just have have faith that learning is happening there is no concern that we're not learning the questions become much more interesting it's like what are we learning what can we be learning what are the different ways we can be learning and sharing. Um, And, you know, there's a a lot of creative possibilities that um, that approach opens up. um, And it makes things much less stressful um, (laughs) in in a world where there's plenty of other things to be stressed about. Um, And it let us be more more flexible um, this past year when we've needed we needed to be, and in other seasons where we've needed to be. Um, so I think that's all of the context that you're gonna need for me to understand the interviews. Um, and I've done three interviews. At the time that I'm recording this, I've got another lined up. I'm doing them in batches presently based on center. And um, I'm starting with urban ALCs, um, (laughs) because that's where I am. Uh, um, And facilitating... You know... A young person's, like, process to learn to navigate the New York City subway system by themselves. Like, that's a really interesting challenge for new facilitators here. Um, And a cool thing and an interesting thing um, that isn't applicable in other ALCs. So um, we're starting here and then we'll move to Atlanta and see where we go from there. I'm super excited and and grateful and hope that you enjoy this this journey.